Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our third and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 5th, 2010. And um, we're going to be looking at a report now from Oklahoma City, from KOCO Channel 5, and it's entitled Satanists to Host Blasphemy Ritual at Their Civic Center. So this is the state of affairs that we're facing in America right now. I'm going to go ahead and roll this. Right now, a local group is planning a satanic exorcism in downtown Oklahoma City. Good evening, I'm Jessica Schambach. I'm Paul Folger. It is all happening at the Civic Center. And tonight, some Christians are outraged. Eyewitness News Vice Carla Wade talked with a man who organized that event. Carla? That's right, Paul Wade did. The leader of the Church of the Four Majesties says that they've already sold tickets to this satanic ritual, which is scheduled to be held here at the Civic Center in October. We're exercising the gods of the right-hand path that have caused problems and for generations. Dressed in all black and surrounded by images and symbols. I believe he just said we're exercising the gods of the right-hand path that have caused problems for generations or whatever. The gods of the right-hand path, I believe he's in reference to, is like the god of the Bible in particular. Um, and again, a Satanist would lump, would take all the Catholic atrocities. They love doing this. New Agers love doing this. Satanists love doing this. Occultists love doing this. They love taking all the atrocities of the Catholic Church, the Inquisition, killing, you know, like 50 million people, martyring, martyring true born-again Christians. Not, not, I'm not to say all of them were, but a lot of them were. All of the atrocities of the Catholic Church, all the pedophilia, all of that garbage. They love to lump Bible-believing Christians in with all that garbage. And the reality is, is true Bible-believing Christians like the Anabaptists and the Waldensians and the Lombards were the ones actually being slaughtered by the Catholic Church. But they love to lump us in that category. It's so convenient for them. So they're showing this guy... This Satanist, and he's got all of his devil stuff. He's real dark wherever he's at, and he's, they're showing all of his devil implements, and he's discussing what they're going to be doing. Most of us only recognize from scary movies. James Hale explains what will happen inside the Civic Center during what he calls a blasphemy ritual, a parody of a Catholic exorcism. The right hand path refers to Christianity, Islam. Uh, the religions who believe if you're not with them, then you're going to an evil, naughty place and going to suffer, and you're not worth anything. Hail. Okay, so again, he's obviously playing. See, any 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 religion that would exalt one god. Okay, Islam. The god of Islam is the moon god. Allah is not the god of the Bible. It's the moon god. But the fact remains is 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 that it's a monotheistic faith. Meaning there's just one God. So he would lump Islam in with Christianity and including Catholicism, which would, which would try to lump all of the Bible-believing Christians in with that because it is so convenient. And, and I'm sure, you know, from, from a lot of standpoints, we expose Catholicism. We obviously just expose Islam. We do it on a weekly basis. So there's a lot of fodder. There's a lot of uh, ammunition the guy would have to be able to point to those religions and expose them. But, uh, again, it's, it's always truth mingled in with lies. 
is taking an unusual path for many Satanists. He's open about his belief and says the public ritual, which he says is the first ever, will allow people to see for themselves what is usually hidden. With it being right in the middle of the Bible Belt, we figured keeping everything a secret was not the best idea. Their desire to try to to get their message out, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Trinity Baptist Church pastor Jeremy Stowe says he doesn't see the ritual as a threat to Christianity, but an opportunity to set an example. And show uh, the community how we are to engage uh, people who are different than us, and not in protest or, or crazy rallies, but in shining the light of Christ and loving them just like Christ loves us. Now we also sp- Listen, I, I got no problem with loving them like Christ loves us, but crazy protests, what does that imply? We just sit at home and do nothing? Does that, I mean, I, I really don't know what to think by that statement of his. Wouldn't it be at bare minimum you would want to take your congregation there prior to the event, if nothing else, to pray against this evil? Or, or am I just... You know, am, am I just being crazy here? He doesn't act like that's even going to be a factor. Are they? Are you telling me he's going to go there that night and witness to them? I seriously doubt it. The reality is, is we're going to be in the in the future, as I talked about at the start of the study. We're going to be in positions where I really believe in the future and in the near future, where we're probably going to be forced to engage pure evil. Those days are really coming, okay? This is right out in the open. I don't see any harm of going there prior to this event in praying, fasting. And you know what? If they really did that, a lot of them may actually really get saved. If God were to show his power, okay, if God were to intervene, and let's say he does it in a supernatural way, because I think that's going to happen as well too. I think that, I mean, in a biblical supernatural way, how many people might actually get converted that are actually Satanists if they were to see who truly has real power? Because they're just serving Satan. Satan is subject to Jesus Christ. He's subject to Father God. I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ sitteth on the throne, ever making intercession for the saints. He is our heavenly advocate. He's seated next to God the Father Almighty. Satan is subject to them. They don't have the real power. They think they do. They think they're going to rule and reign with Satan for eternity. They're deluded. But if God showed up, if people actually went out there, prayed and fasted, just like I'm talking about with this this thing coming up with this um, Stargate opening on 9-9, and I understand a lot of times somebody maybe not, might, might not be able to go there physically, but they can still pray. They can still fast or whatever whatever they can do. I just think because that's not being done, because evil is not being fought against, and I don't mean going there with swords or guns. I'm talking about from a spiritual standpoint, like the Bible commands us, but because it's not happening is one of the very reasons that the church is in the state that it's in. Because they haven't resisted evil. They've let all manner of leaven come into the church. And a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. But that was a typical response I would expect to hear from a 501c3 pastor. I'm not saying they're all that way, but I'm saying that was pretty much a typical response. I would imagine they're not going to really lift a finger, do anything. 
Just accept them. We'll just accept the sodomites. We'll accept the Satanists. We'll just, you know, they do their thing. We do ours. Everything's good. They don't resist evil. No, no, no. That wouldn't be politically correct. We might get our 501c3 tax exemption revoked. Because, see, the first church of Satan is 501c3. And they're 501c3. And we're really not supposed to be going against one another. You know, they have every right to exist as a 501c3 corporate entity just like we do. And the first church of Satan is a 501c3 corporate entity. To the city about this location, and a spokesperson tells us that the Civic Center is a public building and that the city does not discriminate against anyone who wants to pay to rent it out. Reporting live in downtown Oklahoma City, Carla Wade, Eyewitness News 5. Okay, Carla, the event takes place October 21st. Tickets are being sold. Invitations have been sent out to some area churches of other denominations. October 21st. Now, he said invitations to send out to other churches. You know who I bet might get invitations for this? I would, I would say, I, if I had to predict, I would think Unitarian Universalists would probably get invitations because they pretty much anything goes with them. Um, uh, various other pagan-oriented churches, obviously. You're going to have, I mean, you've got an event there. And remember, this is October 21st. It's pray. Pray about these types of things. Um, I view those things not as an opportunity for Satan to get a stronghold, but for God to show his power. Honestly, it could be all reversed. Everything that Satan had planned for that night could be reversed if I believe if enough people were praying and fasting about the situation. So, anyway, it's just a thought. Um, I I just felt like I needed to, to get into that article because, I mean, things are just getting... Just absolutely crazy out there. Okay, so next article is We'll Focus on the Family and the Truth Project Warn About Unio Mystica, Oneness and Contemplative Prayer. I had a question this week from a lady, a Christian lady, that actually I think she had been, they'd been doing a study and using this as their backbone of their study. And I hadn't heard about it. I hadn't really heard about this. But she asked me if I knew this Pastor Del Tackett and this Truth Project and Focus on the Family. And I mean, obviously, I've heard of Focus on the Family. But I hadn't heard about this. Well, this is from Lighthouse Trails Research. They've got a lot of... They're, they're probably the, the ones that are doing the best research on the contemplative uh, church movement uh, out there. And this goes. This report goes on to say there are concerns about why Lesson Eight of the Truth Project that Pastor Del Tackett uses the term "unio mystica" and "oneness." If Christian leaders are going to use these terms, terms that frequently are used by New Age, New Spirituality, then these Christian leaders should take care to educate their followers of Satan's devices and the New Spirituality deception that is so prevalent. With the evangelical church today, well, I'd go a step further, saying they shouldn't be using the terms at all. They should be, if they're going to use the terms, use them to educate people, just purely from a matter of you want to stay away from this, you know, not use them with a preface. We just got to be careful. You can use them, you can meditate, you can do that stuff, but you know, just be careful. No, you just stay away from it. Period. It may seem petty to some, but such terms, even if unknowingly, conditions Christians to be more accepting of the concepts. Focus on the family has not shown itself to be a ministry that takes 
spiritual deception serious and they have and do continue to promote contemplative spirituality, a spirituality that fits right into the New Age terms of unico mystica and oneness. They, I mean, when Harry Potter first came out, they endorsed it. I had that report on there. It was a long time ago. And I understand they somewhat retracted the endorsement. But you know, Harry Potter's flat-out, pure, actually high-level witchcraft. I've done a whole study on Harry Potter. You can reference on contendingfortruth.com. Just key in Harry or Potter, and you should be able to find it. And that was a long time ago I did that, but uh, it's still applicable. Um, really, really bad stuff. And you know, this is just what I've come to expect with most mainstream Christian ministries. It's just what you expect anymore. Leaven. Leaven seeping, infiltrating, permeating, getting worse all the time. Hate to be negative, but that's the current state of affairs. You know, Truth is typically not something that's pleasant, and especially in the day and times we live in. One website describes how contemplative prayer is synonymous with eunomistica. Contemplative prayer helps to calm the mind, cultivate inner silence. It seeks to reach a non-conceptual, loving awareness of the divine. Its ultimate aim is unicomistica, eunomistica, the divine union in which the human soul gets merged with the Godhead. So this is what this truth project is promoting in teaching eight, I believe. I mean, this is nothing more than what, you know, the Catholics were really the first ones that implemented this and introduced this hundreds of years ago through, like, these contemplative mystical friars and and, um, uh, monks and all these people throughout Catholic history that wrote books on this. I mean, these guys, they would have, like, human skulls. They'd be contemplating all this dark garbage and this is where it, a lot of it gets its origin from. The question remains, will focus on the family and Del Tackett ever warn their listeners? Or will they keep talking about unomistica and oneness without issuing a strong warning to the body of Christ? Well, I think if they were going to do that, they would have done it. And they would have never included it in the teaching. Will they continue to promote contemplative ad- advocates like Gary Thomas and Richard Foster? Ironically, the title of Tackett's website article is called A Silent Killer in the House referring to carbon monoxide. Well, there is a silent killer in the church. It's called contemplative prayer. It's just one of the many. One of the many. Okay, I just want to touch on this. I don't even have this in the in the newsletter, but it was up on um, Steve Quayle's site, and it was entitled, How Hyperinflationary H-E-L-L in a Commodity Heaven Will Happen Before the End of 2011. The Fed is terrified of the U.S. economy falling into a deflationary death spiral, whereby lack of liquidity leads to lower prices, leading to unemployment, leading to lower consumption, leading to still lower prices, the entire economy grinding then down to a halt. Both the federal government and the Federal Reserve are bent on using the same old tired tools to fix the economy. Stimulus on one hand, liquidity injections on the other, but those... But it's those very fixes that are pulling us closer to the edge. Not the deflationary drain, but a hyperinflationary spiral. Now, I went to go click on the remainder of this article, and it's been taken off. It's been totally taken off by the actual source article. So, um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about the economy. Uh, um, I'm just reading off his website. Financial depression spreads among seniors. Um all kind of stuff on the economy. So just, you know, like I said, 
It's something that, that we should all be praying about. I would, I would pray that you would pray for this ministry as well, as well as each other in the body of Christ, because I really think hard times are ahead. Um, our donations have been down, like the bottoms dropped out in our donations. And I'm not mad or anything. It's just that it's, it's made it really tough for us to, to, uh, function. And I realize though that a lot of this is due to the economy. And I'm really just seeing things start to really slow down and, like they said, grind to a halt. And I'm seeing this a lot. I've just seen a lot of it even over the last month. So, again, we just need to pray for one another that, um, you know, for the Lord's provision and these types of things and have faith that he's going to provide for us and our families and these types of things. But just kind of a little heads up there because I'm seeing more and more of this. And I would have read you more of that article, but they took it off. And I think that they're trying to suppress these types of articles, Big Brother is, because again, it's just like what's going on in the Gulf. They're suppressing this stuff. There's like a media blackout. Anything negative that doesn't quite go along with their agenda, yes, there's going to come a point when they spring it all on us at once and create the maximum amount of shock and trauma to us. But up until that point, I think they want to pretty much lull the people to sleep as much as they can. Uh, last, I think this is the last article that I'm going to be getting into. Oh, oh, also, um, actually I put this in the wrong spot, but I've got a whole section here also on James Dobson exposed. This is focused on the family and I'm just going to read you the, um, the links for each article. I'm not going to get into them. I'm just going to read you the links. Uh, James Dobson's gospel of self-esteem and psychology. He's really big into psychology and that whole realm of that. James Dobson and Romanism, meaning the Catholic Church. Beware of James Dobson's psychoheresy, um, referring to his psychology stuff. Uh, Dr. James Dobson, one of the most famous heretics of, of Christian psychologists. Another one, James Dobson endorses the passion of Christ. Another one, his general teachings and activities. That's just a documentation of his life. Uh... Next article, Sex, Lies, and the Truth. Next article, Turn Your Heart Toward Home. Uh, next article, James Dobson, Dead Wrong About Self-Esteem. And then the last one, James Dobson Promotes Freud. Sigmund Freud, who was beyond a devil. Anyway, if you think that he's a great man of God, you might want to check out those links because uh, they're very... Uh, and again, it's documented. A lot of them are referenced. We're not making the stuff up. We're not trying to speak evil about men. The Bible says speak evil of no man, but there's a big difference between evil and truth. Paul said, specifically, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord roared him according to his works. He says, Demas has forsaken me for this present world. And then he talks about the canker of Hymaeus' chief. I mean, he, he names people by name. And because people aren't being named by name, wolf and sheep's clothing have come into the church, infiltrated it, leavened it, and, oh, but we can't judge. We mustn't judge. No, 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 no. Jesus said he was spiritual judge of all things. And um, or his word said that. And um, Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. When we're not supposed to judge is when we have a beam in our own eye and we're judging the speck in our brothers. That's hypocritical judgment and that's the judging Jesus warned about when he said, judge not lest you be judged. We should also be judging ourselves. The Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So this is something that we really should be doing. We need to police ourselves 
in as much as we can. Now, I understand that in and of ourselves, we may want to look overlook our own sin patterns and things of this. And this is why I believe uh, where David talked about, search me, O Lord, try my heart, see if there be any wicked thing in me. Those are things that we, we, um, we need to pray about ourselves as well. Cleanse me of presumptuous sins. Which, what's a presumptuous sin? Sins that we presume are not sins. We're presuming them to be not sins. But they are sins. They're presumptuous sins. And secret faults that they would not have dominion over me. That's a prayer of David as well. Secret faults. Things that we don't even know are sins. But God does. So, anyway... Just a little thing there. Last thing I'm going to get into, I got a lot of mail in the last, say, nine days on Glenn Beck. A lot of stuff about Glenn Beck. And I cannot in good conscience not go over this information. Now, you know that I did an expose on Glenn Beck not too long ago on his relationship with the Mormon Church. His One of his personal greatest heroes of the faith was the guy that was at the head of the Mormon church that just died and we went over all the heresies that the guy promoted and then all the heresies of the Mormon religion through Brigham Young, Joseph Smith, you name it. I mean, we're talking some unbelievable doozies and I think that was like three or four weeks ago if you want to re-reference that. So I'm not going to get into another study on the Mormon religion. I'm just going to go over this information that I've received. The first was a letter I received um, from a family, and they said, Dear Scott, we are currently watching the Restoring Honor Rally at D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial this morning. Not to mention that it is right near the Washington Obelisk. Well, again, there, here they are in front of the reflecting pool. You can see the obelisk going up and down in the reflecting pool. The obelisk is the biggest phallus symbol on the planet, the Washington Monument. It's literally 666 feet high. 555 feet from the from the ground and 666, 111 of its underground. It is one of the most wicked, evil symbols that you could possibly set yourself under for any rally at all. It's essentially what it, what does that refers to? It's referred to as Baal's shaft. It's Baal's phallus. Okay, so really not exactly the greatest place. I would think, to have a restoring honor rally. Okay, call me crazy. But, you know, anyway, there, the, if you want to know about the architecture of uh, Washington, D.C., Cutting Edge put out a great video on that that goes over all of the incredibly occult, satanic architecture. There's no other place on the earth, I think, that has more of it. Maybe Rome would rival it. But their obelisk isn't as big as ours. The one that we got in the Washington Monument. Um, but it's... Uh, oh boy, they, they put out a, a something in stone. It was like Riddles in Stone is, is the, is the um, video they put out. And I think it was excellent. I watched it four or five times. And it's called Riddles in Stone. It's by Cutting Edge. And it's really good. You might even be able to go up on the internet and watch it on YouTube. I don't know if it's up there or not. Um, but you want to see about the architecture of Washington, D.C. If you think it's holy and godly, please reference that video because it's not even a point of, of I mean, after you watch that, I don't think anybody would, would debate that it's not one of the most pagan, evil sites on the planet. It's, what is Washington, D.C. called? The District of Columbia. What, what's, who's Columbia? The goddess Columbia. She's the one on the, on the top of the Capitol. That's essentially the same thing as is the is the Statue of Liberty. 
Libertarius is that goddess. They're essentially the same thing. They're goddess. They're devils. They're not holy. You know who gave us the Statue of Liberty? French Freemasons. It was a gift from French Freemasons. I mean, you could go down that rabbit trail about 40 miles. I just don't have time to do it. Anyway, she said, we're currently watching the Restoring Honor Rally in D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial this morning. Not to mention that it's right near the Washington Obelisk. We have some concerns with Beck and his real agenda. Although he seems to have some good things that he brings out, we were shocked to hear the invocation prayer at the beginning. Not sure who the man was. Uh, it was a it was a man, just so you know. The, uh, the guy's name... And again, who was he? Well, I'm going to get into this in a second. It was Pastor... It sounded like Pastor Paul Jail. And he was supposedly a... Um, one of the people that was a descendant from the Mayflower. And um, he had him, he had two Indians that were descendants from the Indians that the Mayflower people met. They looked like shamans. They were dressed in full Indian garb, and they were, they looked like they still, I mean, let's face it, what is American Indian, what is their religion? I think if you boil it down, you can call it shamanism. He had this, I think he was a Baptist preacher, Paul Jail, descendant of the Mayflower. He had these two Indians that were essentially representing American Indian shamanism. And he had a rabbi. And Glenn Beck's a Mormon. And he's basic, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the clip for you. You can hear it for yourself. I, I don't want to say anything more. But um, let me read this further. He said, we had, he prayed this, I think he's a Baptist preacher. He prayed this invocation prayer. Much of the prayer sounded on the surface to be okay. But we had great concern when he kept saying the word gods over and over. He said it like eight times. He said, Lord gods. And it was pronounced. It was so weird. But he was acting like he was talking to God in the singular. But he kept saying gods. You kept hearing it over and over. It was really weird. And you can hear it. I'll give you the link here. He not just once, we thought that he misspoke it, but probably about eight times to the prayer. And I listened to it and, it, and it was. I mean, it was like really apparent. We were sickened. We also, he also prayed accompanied by several Native Americans, a rabbi, a Baptist preacher, they were all together. Also of great concern was that Liberty University is really supportive of this movement. They had busloads of students go up there at the rally as announced by Jerry Falwell Jr. Wednesday... I could do a whole teaching on Falwell, but I just don't have time. Wednesday at the Liberty University convocation that is available at the Liberty University website to watch. Okay, evidently they had busloads of people from Liberty University. The Liberty University praise team, or called the Sounds of Liberty, sang at the start of the rally. They were not named, but we live in Lynchburg area, so we know who they are. Jerry Falwell Jr. is really on board with with Glenn Beck from his own mouth in all his appearances on Glenn's show. Beck spoke at the May 2010 Liberty University graduation as the keynote speaker. Lots of other concerns as we listen to this rally. One of the Afro-American speakers, his the preacher C.L. King, we think that was his name, just announced that Glenn Beck was the son of God. Wow, crazy stuff. I mean, that's pretty blasphemous. Um considering that Mormons believe that um, uh, Satan and Jesus Christ were spirit brothers. 
You know, that's what they believe. And we went over that. It's right in their, in their own doctrine. So just wondering if you might want to look into this and address it in an upcoming teaching. Is Glenn Beck the next Rick Warren? Mixing a little truth with lies and promoting his Mormon faith as Christian. Thought you might want to hear this prayer. If you've not already, Beck introduces him as Pastor Paul Jail. Uh, we're not really sure how he spells his name. This pastor is the one who does the invocation prayer at the rally using gods about eight times. So I'm going to just play you like the first almost six minutes of this and you, you know, so you can hear it. He brought you the chalkboard in an age of high-tech devices. It brings you to a cable news show at 5 Eastern on Fox News and the third most listened to radio show in all of America. He brings you the truth every day. Now, he brings you an effort to restore honor in America. He brings us the truth every day? I don't think so. He brings us some truth mingled with leaven is what he brings us. Okay, Anybody at that level... I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me that they haven't sold out to get to that level. Um, it just doesn't happen by accident. Okay, so he's a Mormon, and we can't sit here and say that he's bringing us pure, unadulterated truth. That, that would be the height of insanity. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn back. Okay, so now he's doing his little crying thing. And I saw a video the other day that it was a photo shoot of him. And it's a video of him, them putting Vicks underneath his eyes and I believe his nose and inducing tears. And they were doing a photo shoot of him. I mean, it, it wasn't like this was some... I don't know how this got out, this video, but it was him. And they were, he was doing all these real pouty, crying faces, and they were taking all these pictures of him. And he induced tears through Vicks. I never saw anything like this in my life, but it reminded me of when he kind of started to get teary-eyed here, what was going on there. The reflecting pool holds about 200,000 people. This field back here holds about 250 to 300,000 people. They are not only full here, they're full in that field, they're full behind me, and they are now across the street approaching the Washington Monument. Okay, so realize, there could have literally been, bare minimum 500,000, if not up to a million people at this rally. So this is why I can't not say anything about this. Because many of these people would call themselves born-again Bible-believing Christians. 
Okay, and again, I'm not so much against the Tea Party movement. I'm not against fighting evil or standing up against evil in any way, shape, or form. What my concern is, what is the spiritual headship of the movement? Because this isn't political anymore. You're going to hear this, that God and prayers and things like this are being brought into it more and more and more. And who do we have doing this? We have at the head of this a Mormon. We have shamans on the stage. We have rabbis there. We have all the makings of the coming one world religion. Let's just all have unity. So, again, be very careful who you're yoking yourself up with. Now, again, I don't have a problem fighting evil. I have a problem with the spiritual headship. Something beyond imagination is happening. Something that is beyond man is happening. America today begins to turn back to God. What God is he in reference to? His God of the Mormon religion is not the same God of our Bible. It is not. And again, if you have any doubts on that, key in Mormonism in the keyword search box on contendingfortruth.com, listen to the whole teaching I did on Mormonism. Listen to the teaching that I did on, on one of Glenn Beck's greatest heroes that just passed away, the head of the Mormon church. I mean, it's not a point of debate. But when you're intermingling with other religions, their God and your God are not the same thing. That's what you have to understand. For too long... This country has wandered in darkness, and we have wandered in darkness in periods from the beginning. We have had moments of brilliance and moments of darkness. I have no problem with accepting the statement that we've wandered in darkness, but the reason, the primary reason we've wandered in darkness is because we've gotten away from the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. Are we to think that a Mormon is going to bring us out of that darkness or some ecumenical movement? Because again, this is more of a religious rally than it is anything political. And I think you're going to see that by His own words. But this country has spent far too long worried about scars and thinking about the scars and concentrating on the scars today we are going to concentrate on the good things in america the things that we have accomplished and the things that we can do tomorrow the story of america is the story of humankind five thousand years ago on the other side of the planet, God's chosen people were led out of bondage by a guy with a stick who is talking to a burning bush. Man first began to recognize God and God's law. The chosen people listened to the Lord. At the same time those things were happening, on this side, on this land, another group of people were gathered here, and they too were listening to God. 
how these two people were brought together again happened because people were listening to God. They didn't have the right to... What does that mean? Can, can you explain that to me, what he just said? Talking about the chosen people, what, the, the Israelites being led in the promised land. He said over here at the same time, people were over here listening to God. Is he in reference to the Native American Indians? Now, I'm not saying God couldn't have, couldn't have appeared to them, but it's evident by what the people found on the Mayflower when they got here that they were immersed in paganism. And at the same time he's saying this same statement, we've got the rabbi walking out on stage, we've got the American Indian shamans walking out on stage, and we've got the pastor walking out on stage. To be quite honest with you, that, that statement, I mean, is a real stretch to try to connect the two things. But evidently, that's what he's doing. Worship God the way they saw fit. Okay, so we can worship God any way we see fit. It's okay, just as long as you're worshiping God. Well, if that's the case, then Allah, the, the Muslims, and the Hindus, and the Buddhists, and all of the religions are really on equal footing. And we might as well just throw the Bible out the window. So they got down on their knees, and they didn't want to come to this land. They just did because they felt that's what God was telling them to do. And with malice towards none, they got into their boats, and they came. God's chosen people, the Native Americans, and the pilgrims. I would like to... The Native Americans weren't saved. They needed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying their souls are any less important than ours. But how do you go, isn't it kind of a stretch to say they're God's chosen people if they're not even saved? Now, if it was reversed, if it was the Indians coming over and the pilgrims being here and the pilgrims weren't saved and the Indians were I don't want to be prejudiced here in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying he's making a lot of really nutty statements from a religious state. Everything I've heard so far has a religious tone. Every single thing. We talk about a butchered, biblically butchered sermon this guy's preaching. And this is the guy that's going to lead us out of darkness? A Mormon? Introduce you. I would like to introduce you to Rabbi Daniel Lappin. This is John and Kyla Ward. They are direct descendants of the Native Americans that met the pilgrims on the shores as they arrived. Okay, and again, they are in full Indian garb. I mean, the whole nine yards. So, I can think nothing else but that they're still retaining a major part of the shamanistic faith from, from they, that they came from. And Pastor Paul Jail is a direct descendant from those that arrived on the Mayflower. <laughs> to restore America, to restore honor, we've got to start at the beginning and look at the patterns. When people came together of different faiths in the spirit of God,
ah, different face in the spirit of God. But what God are you in reference to, Glenn Beck? You're in reference to this Masonic great architect of the universe that George Washington prayed to. And yes, I hate to say it, but reference the teaching on George Washington if you think that he wasn't involved in Freemasonry. That you can get, get up on contendingfortruth.com. The spirit of God. People coming together of different faiths. The Bible says that narrow is the way which, which leads to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leads to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. If this isn't the broad way, I don't know what is. He's basically putting all faiths in all the world on the same footing. And the first thing they did was pray together. Okay, and this is where he has this Paul guy say this long invocation prayer. The first thing they did is pray together. You know, I don't think the guys that got off the Mayflower prayed with the Indians right off the bat. Actually, they made pretty big enemies with them right off the bat. They went in there to their actual villages, to one of the villages they had of their winter camp, and they stole the corn that they had buried, and they even ransacked some of the grave sites. The Indians wanted to kill them. So then they had to relocate to a different part, and, and it wasn't until they made restitution on that corn and um, on that that they actually were on good footing with the Indians. They didn't get off the Mayflower and, you know, pray with them. It's not how it worked. So, anyway, I just wanted to kind of go over that video there because there was a lot of things in it that really needed to be brought up. Okay, I got some requests to actually... Um, play this prayer. I don't know how much you're going to, because remember, this is a recording of a recording. So how much you're actually going to be able to hear this when he says, I mean, it's actually on the surface, a pretty good prayer, a lot of it. But the thing is, is when he kept saying, Lord gods, that's what is kind of creepy about the whole thing. If you can't hear it properly, I do provide a link on the actual Word document or the PDF that I'll be putting up there where you can hear. Probably be a little cleaner copy. But let's go ahead and, and play this now. Lord God, Sovereign Almighty, Ruler of the nations, King of kings and Lord of lords, the Holy One, the righteous one. You are the king of the earth. All nations belong to you. And you were the one addressed in the first 1606 charter that opened English settlement to these shores. It was you that was addressed that the gospel of Jesus Christ should be the central focus of every settlement. It was you our forefathers knelt to, erecting a wooden cross on the sandy shores of Virginia. It was you that was addressed in the Mayflower Compact, whose first words were, in the name of God, Amen. It was you the pilgrims knelt to and blessed the God of Heaven. It was you that Governor Winthrop wrote, We shall be a city set upon a hill. It is you, Lord Gods, that brought William Penn and modeled peace with the first peoples. Did you hear that? That was clearly Lord Gods. And again, prayer so far has been pretty good, but 
he starts getting into this Lord God's. And it's like he's trying to say something singular, but it's coming out plural. Now, also remember, if just because he's praying a prayer like this doesn't mean it's the same God to which we worship. He could be praying to the great architect of the universe, like George Washington did, or a lot of the Freemasons do. I mean, hey, they're in a great place to do it. I mean, this is like the the this is where the actual um, capital for the Freemasons exists in the United States. It's actually 13 blocks due north of the Capitol building, 13 blocks due north, which is where if you become a 33rd degree Mason, you have to go there to get that initiation. Let's go further. It was you, Lord God, that brought the black regiment of preachers to all across the continent that was number two. to preach your words, to prepare your people to be able to stand for liberty. And it was you that was addressed in the Declaration of Independence as the creator, as the author of all unalienable rights. It was you, Lord God, that was declared Number three. as the one who created all equal. And it was you, Lord God, who called us to account Number four. when we broke the treaties with the first peoples. You called us to repentance. And you, O oh God, called Number us to five. repentance when we did not live up to our creed. And we did not treat everyone as equal. But Lord, we found out that you are a God of forgiveness. You are a God of covenants. You are a God of restoration. You are a God of healing. And you have healed us. And you are healing us. And we come now to the mall in Washington. And we come to you in humble repentance. For the shedding of innocent blood. And we come to you in repentance for not modeling marriage among your people. And we come to you once again asking for healing, for restoration, for recovery, and for reconciliation. And we know you'll do it because you're God and your son. Number Jesus six, Christ your God is the eternal Redeemer, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And so we honor you, for your word declares, you will honor those that honor you. We come back to you today, and we see you as the restoring gods, the King of Kings. Seven. And in Christ's name, and for the advance of your kingdom. We once again say, may you, God, bless America. May we be one nation under God. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, I'm sorry, but that was eight gods. And (laughs) very, very weird. Weird, weird stuff. Okay. Um, Again, I know there's a lot of people that are going to say, oh, no, no, you're just... That was just the way he was talking. Well, you know, it really sounded like I, I've, I've had five people that I know of listen to this at this point, and it's real obvious what he's saying. Uh, and that's not a word you really want to mess up on. You know, you want to try to get God or gods, right? Because <laughs> think of it, I mean, you're dealing with God singular as opposed to God's plural. 
God's plural would always imply paganistic things. Whereas God singular, now I understand a Muslim could refer to Allah as God, but I'm talking about a Christian, you know, you can understand that's, you know, the God of the Bible. So, uh, very, very strange stuff. Anyway, um, that's the end of that first one there. Let's go to the next article here. Well, again, a lot of this is a religious fervor, and, and uh, Lauren Taylor just pointed out some good things. Laura told me about, well, the Bible verse says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay? And again, we've got this reference to gods. And um, uh, Taylor brought up the fact that he said God, it's not like he can't say the word God without adding an S on it, because at the very beginning, he did that. He said, Lord God. Then all of a sudden, he started adding these S's to it. So he's capable of doing this. It's not like he's got some kind of speech impediment, you know. Um, but I really believe people were really, if they were there, they were really caught up in the whole religious-like fervor of the moment. And I mean, again, you cannot say that this is not, this is just purely a political thing here. This is has more religious overtones uh, than about anything I've seen lately, particularly coming from somebody like Glenn Beck or, or Rush Limbaugh, one of those guys. I mean, I've never seen uh, religious overtones intermingled like this in, in something so mainstream. It's, it's weird stuff. Now, I'm just going to do some other things on uh, Glenn Beck. Um, did you know in 2009, without any basis whatsoever, Glenn Beck falsely stated that the Holocaust Museum shooter, James W. Von Braun, was a hero to people who question the official story of 9-11, a transparently deliberate attempt to associate the truth movement with violence. Now, again, I've done all this, uh, talked a lot about 9-11. If you want to know about 9-11, just, again, I've got a document I can send you, but you can also go up to YouTube and just key in um, Loose Change, or 9-11 Loose Change, and it's a whole documentary. I've never seen anybody be able to refute it. And the thing is, is that that's just the tip of the iceberg on 9-11. Well, a lot of these guys, like these mainstream talk show hosts, like Rush Limbaugh, or, you know, Rush Limbaugh, I've, I've seen lately, he's really going out of the way to say, downplay the whole golf thing. So, yes, you're going to get some truth with Glenn Beck. You're going to get some truth with Rush Limbaugh, Okay. Um, but there's also going to be a lot of leaven intermingled into that. These people are not born-again Christians. These people are put there. They're put there by the establishment. And the establishment controls both sides, both Democrat and Republican, and just about everything even in between that could be of any consequence. Okay, So please bear that in mind. Um, these people don't get to those positions unless they're put there, unless they've sold out. And that goes with religion too, Christianity. We've gotten into a lot of uh, subjects on that. I know it might be a shock to a lot of people, but that's just the way the world is. Okay? It's just the way the world is. The Bible says that that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So we need to always be, if somebody out there is really, really popular and highly esteemed among men, you have to really look at that person and say, is that person really God's representative on this planet? Because most most likely he's not. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ was beaten, he was rejected, he was crucified on a cross, he had a crown of thorns, he was spit upon. You know, I mean, it couldn't have been much worse than that. He wasn't highly esteemed among men. So, you know, 
for somebody to come out here uh, like Glenn Beck and to take this mantle on, I am extremely, extremely cautious about this. Um, let's go further. Now, I give you a link there uh, to that thing about Glenn Beck stating that the Holocaust shooter was a hero to people in the 9-11. You can click on the link if you want to explore that further. Uh, here's another little video clip that we're going to watch, and it's entitled Glenn Beck's True Colors. Uh, even in a non-political setting, the non-9-11 related issues Beck has shown contempt for the average people that he considers himself superior to. A good example of this is the old segment on his radio show called Moron Trivia, in which he would call convenience stores and ask the beleaguered workers their trivia questions about current issues while secretly ridiculing them to his audience. That's real Christian. Though Glenn Beck gleefully pretended that he was doing the cruel segment against his own will, the fact is, if he was truly didn't want to, he wouldn't have to. It's much like a sadistic husband beating his wife, all the while voicing his regret over what her actions are making him do. So, this little segment has nothing to do with that, but I'm going to play this little clip here. Now, remember his contempt for the 9-11 truth movement. Remember, despite of the overwhelming evidence on so many different levels, that this was absolutely premeditated, pre-planned, explosives were pre-positioned, it was a controlled demolition, there's no way those planes could have taken down those buildings, there is no way jet fuel can melt hardened steel, reinforce, and, and make it implode in its own footprint. It's, it's an impossibility. And that's just part of the problem with 9-11. Well, here's what Glenn Beck feels about the 9-11 families and victims. The ones that were killed in the actual um, Twin Towers falling. Let me be real honest with you. And I, you know, I don't think anybody on talk radio, I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to ever say this out loud. But I wonder if I'm the only one that feels this way. You know, it took me about a year to start hating the 9-11 victims' families. It took me about a year. Um, and I had such compassion for them, and I really, you know, I wanted to help them, and I was behind, you know, let's give them money, let's get started, you know, all of this stuff. And I really didn't, you know, all the 3,000 victims' families, I don't hate all of them. I hate about probably about 10 of them. And, but when I see, you know, 9-11 victim family, you know, on, on television or whatever, I'm just like, oh, shut up. I'm so sick of them because they're always complaining, and we did our best for them. And it, again, it's only about 10. But the second thought that I had when I saw these people... We did our best for the nine... We, we did our best in the gigantic cover-up that ensued in that kangaroo court thing that they pulled off afterward. We did our best for them. <laughs> oh, and, and again, please, if, if you don't know about this, you know, email me. I'll send you the document on 9-11. Go up there and watch Loose Change. I mean... This was an absolute travesty on every single level of justice. It was unbelievable. And he's got the audacity to get up there and actually utter these words. Let's let him talk some more. And they had to shut down the Astrodome and lock it down. I thought, I didn't think I could hate victims faster than the 9-11 victims. These guys, when you see, and you know it's really sad, we're not hearing anything about Mississippi. We're not hearing anything about Alabama. We're we're here. Um, uh, we're hearing uh, about the uh, victims in New Orleans. This is a ninety thousand square mile disaster site, 
New Orleans is 181 square miles. 108.2% of the disaster area is New Orleans. And that's all we're hearing about are the people in New Orleans. Those are the only ones that we're seeing on television are the scumbags. Again, and it's not all of the people in New Orleans. Most of the people in New Orleans got out. It's just a, a small percentage of those who were... Now, I believe he's in reference to Katrina when it hit. And New Orleans was the epicenter of where it it came ashore, essentially. So, obviously, they're going to have the worst damage. He's referring to these people that were trapped in the cities as scumbags? I mean, I don't even know what to say. But this is out of his own mouth. I mean, let's listen to more. Left in New Orleans, or who decided to stay in New Orleans, and they're getting all of the attention. It's exactly like the 9-11 victims' families. There's about 10 of them that are spoiling it for everybody. That's total garbage. There's way more than 10 people that have wanted an official inquiry into 9-11, one that wasn't trumped up. I I mean, again, if you look at the overwhelming amount of evidence regarding 9-11, it's so overwhelming, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I could literally do a 20-part study on 9-11, debunking the official story. But, you know, a guy like Glenn Beck, because he is put there, he is part of the establishment, um, he's nothing more than a puppet on a string. I don't believe the guy any farther than I can throw him. Yes, you're going to hear some truth when you listen to to Glenn Beck on the radio. But you're also going to be getting a lot of leaven. And he's the last guy I'm going to put as my spiritual head. And if you're part of this movement following Glenn Beck and thinking that... Um, I'm going to read you something here before I play the rest of the clip. This is the guy that put up this video. Okay, now I don't think he's a Christian. But listen to the, the, what he wrote in here regarding him putting this up, this, this video clip. Even though it's all true. Even though it's all right out of Glenn Beck's mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay, well, we just heard how Glenn Beck feels. I mean, there's not any doubt about that. Here's what he had to put up. He said, due to the amount of hate mail I received in response to this posting, comments have been shut down. If you want to comment and say that this site is a far left hate, far left hate mongering, or that we will end up in hell for exposing Glenn Beck for the charlatan he is, do it on your own dime, not mine. Excuse me for getting older and not wanting to put up with people telling me what I, what a degenerate I am on my own site. But understand that my site is like mine. It's my home. I do not have to put up with rude people. And I would imagine a lot of these would probably call themselves born-again Christians. Rude people yelling at me saying that I will burn in hell. I mean, why would they say you're going to burn in hell? I mean, maybe maybe some of them were Mormons. But I don't even think Mormons believe in a literal hell. I, I don't know. Anyway, not this isn't happening. It's my home. I make the rules. So I shut down the comments. Like I shut my door. But this guy had to, had to shut down his comments because he was saying that um, people were uh, he was going to be burning in hell for exposing Glenn Beck. I mean, that's the sad state of affairs we live in. Let's listen to the last part. Oh, okay, that's that's the end of it. I'm sorry. Um, and he goes on here. We express deep sorrow for the 9/11 victims and their families, and I do too. Uh, I mean, and mourn for those suffering during Katrina as well. Uh, that was like some kind of psychopathic rant. I, I heard another one from him the other day where he just went off 
the deep end. I mean, his voice got real super high. He was screaming. It sounded like he was screaming so hard he was going to lose his voice. He went nuts. I mean, just went crazy. Hog wild nuts on the radio. And I guess there's a lot of clips of him like that. The man's not stable. He's really not. And yet, now he's the uh, kind of like the anointed one, as far as I can see, the way that they're they're touting the guy. Okay, this is the last article here regarding this. Well, Taylor and Lurid just brought up some good points about these people that were there um, in Katrina. A lot of them were like elderly. They couldn't get out. A lot of them were like mothers with multiple children. He's calling them scumbags. A lot of them had no choice but to stay. I mean... I don't know. I just don't understand what in the word he was thinking saying that. But, again, he's able to evidently get away with it and um, go on to establish his little empire. Let's go further. This last article is entitled God, the Gospel, and Glenn Beck. It's by Dr. Russell Moore. He goes on to say, A Mormon television star stands in front of the Lincoln Memorial and calls American Christians to revival. He assembles some evangelical celebrities to give testimonies. And then he preaches a God and a country revivalism that leaves the evangelicals cheering that they've heard the gospel right there in the nation's capital. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the gospel there. From what I heard, I understand it played everything that was going on there, but the gospel that Glenn Beck believes in is another gospel. And the Bible says, if an angel or anyone else would come to you preaching another gospel, let him be accursed. And then it says it again, let him be accursed. The Bible is very clear on that, that we're supposed to stay away from that. So we've got to be real careful here. And again, you've got all these people calling themselves Christians cheering that they've heard the gospel. I don't understand it. The news media pronounces him the new leader of the American Christian conservative movement. And a flock of American Christian conservatives have no problem with that. If you told me that ten years ago, I would have assumed it was from the pages of an evangelical apocalyptic novel about the end times. But it's not. It's from this week's headline. And it is a scandal. um, I I put these Bible verses in here. 2 Corinthians 6.14-18 says... Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord, concord is like an agreement, what concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial is like the devil. And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Who's an infidel, according to the Bible? A non-believer in the word of God, in in, in Bible-believing Christianity. That's an infidel. Well, that's what Glenn Beck is. That's what, I hate to say it, that's what that rabbi guy was. That's what those people that were shamanistic from the uh, American Indians. Does it mean I don't want them to get saved? No. I'm not saying we don't pray for their salvation or or try to get them saved, but the fact remains is when you bring them all together and you say, well, let's all pray together and we're all praying to the same God. No, we're not. I don't want anything to do with any of that because all I would need is 2 Corinthians 6.14 to tell me I shouldn't be a, a part of that. 2 Corinthians 6.16 then says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of God, a born-again believer. As God hath said, I dwell in them. Why? The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you when you get saved. And I walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. This is what God would say. 
regarding this issue. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The Bible says in Revelation, Wherefore, come out from among her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her plagues. I believe in reference to the whore of Babylon. We, we can be partakers of the plagues if we yoke ourselves up with them. And if you're one of his kids, God will chastise you. The Bible says if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards, like an illegitimate son. But the, whom the Lord loveth, loveth he also chasteneth. Meaning if you're God's kid and you're doing this, don't expect God not to spank you, because he will. And then it says if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards illegitimate sons or daughters. Okay, so, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That says that pretty much sums things up pretty quick. Going back to the article, it says, Fox uh, News commentator Glenn Beck, of course, is that Mormon at the center of all this. The Mormon doctrine of God does not correspond to the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, the Mormon doctrine of God includes many gods, not one. In fact, that's what they're trying to attain, godhood. Well, they're going to, I really, I think what it boils down to is what they're trying to do is attain to godhood and then they will all be put on their own planets, the men, and they will dwell in spiritual tabernacles on the planet, um, I believe their god in the Mormonism dwells in the planet of, it's called Kolob, and that the men are attaining to their own planets where they will be as gods and dwell in spiritual tabernacles and, and have spiritual babies with on these planets and populate their own planets as gods. That's what Mormon doctrine teaches. You know, where's that in the Bible? Well, it's not. It's most likely you go to the Book of Mormon. Their holy books are the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and then they also have the Bible. But guess what? The Bible's on the low end of the totem pole. Because whenever you have extra-biblical things, now we're also not talking about all the other extra-biblical things that they have in their religion, like prophetic words from their prophets and these types of people. Those types of things, these extra-biblical things, always override the Word of God. Because it contradicts the Word of God. So that's how it works, just so you know. Uh, Mormon doctrine also teaches that Satan and Jesus Christ are brothers. Furthermore, and I've gotten into this in many other studies, furthermore, Mormonism teaches that we are what God once was and are becoming what he is now. That is in direct conflict with the Christian um, God of the Bible and the Word of God. Contemporary Mormonism pre presents the Book of Mormon as another testament of Jesus Christ. That's a quote. Did you know that? But the Jesus of the Book of Mormon is not the only begotten Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, or the one who's through, um, whose death on the cross we can be saved from our sins. He's not that. Now, I give you a link to my teaching I did on this called Mormonism Exposed. You can click on that or you can go search it out on the, uh, on the uh, internet as well or on contendingfortruth.com. Glenn Beck, in and of himself, isn't... Now, this is what this guy's saying. Um... Glenn Beck, in and of himself, isn't the real problem, though. He's an entrepreneur. He knows his market. He's got a little link there um, called C Video News Report that you can click on that tells you more about that. Anyway, he's an entrepreneur. He knows his market. What concerns me here is not what this says about Beck or the Tea Party movement or any other entertainment or political figure. What concerns me is about what this says about the Christian churches in the United States. 
you know, too often and for too long, American Christianity has been a political agenda in search of a gospel useful enough to accommodate it. Leaders will always be tempted to bypass the problem behind the problems, like captivity to sin and bondage to demonic powers. They don't want to talk about that stuff. I guarantee you that wasn't talked about at this rally. Um, captivity to sin and bondage to demons. <laughs> That's why so many of our Christian, quote, superstars smile at crowds of thousands, reassuring them that they won't talk about sin. That's why other Christian celebrities are seen to be courageous for fighting their culture wars while they're careful to leave out the sins most likely to be endemic in the people paying the bills in their movements. Very good point. Where there is no true gospel, false gospels will fill the void. The prophet Isaiah warned of of such conspiracies replacing the word of God centuries ago. Okay, so... Uh, let's see. Mormonism, Judaism, shamanism, and mammonism are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, I, I, bro- I wrote those in there because Mormonism was represented by Glenn Beck. Judaism was represented by the rabbi. Shamanism was represented by the Native Americans. Mammonism, the whole carnality thing, um, are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They offer another Lord Jesus Christ than the one offered in the scriptures and, um, in another way, and also another way to approach their, the God of their gospel. An embrace of these tragic new vehicles is a betrayal of the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Any, quote, revival that is possible without the Lord Jesus Christ is a false revival. I mean, Glenn Beck's talking about this black-robed regiment that, that, that he's trying to resurrect of Christian pastors to get the churches out of their apathy. How, how could a Mormon come there and say, yeah, I mean, if that was the case, Glenn Beck would have to be the first one repenting of his false cult that he's in. He's in nothing more than a cult. I mean, he should be the first one on his knees then. He knows what he's doing. And his handlers know what they're doing by putting him in that position. He's a puppet on a string. They all are at that level. The ultimate answer includes logical local churches that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and disciple their congregations to know the difference between the kingdom of God and the latest political whim. Now again, a lot of this gets into the realm of dominionism, which has a lot of tentacles into like the charismatic Pentecostal church, which is where they believe that we're going to become so good, we're going to become so holy, that the whole seven-year tribulation is canceled, and Jesus Christ is going to come back and set up his throne on this planet, because we've done such a good job of preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Which is essentially what dominionism believes. Now, I've done a whole bunch of study on dominionism that you can key in on contendingfortruth.com as well, or YouTube, Scott Johnson, dominionism. Anyway, next article, Glenn Beck. Um, This is by Brian Fisher. Glenn Beck veered disastrously off course on a Bill O'Reilly program two weeks ago when he said that same-sex marriage is not a threat to the country. Here's here's the moral compass of the country now, Glenn Beck, saying on Bill O'Reilly that same-sex marriage is not a threat to the country. And that's a quote. This is the guy you want leading you? I don't think so. This guy writing the article says, it is a threat to freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of association, and worse, it represents a clear and present danger to children. A 74-year-old grandmother was dragged off the jail 
in Philadelphia for standing on a public sidewalk and quietly declaring the truth about homosexuality. She was facing 47 years in prison until cooler heads prevailed. A student at Augusta State University has just been thrown out of the school's counseling program with the approval of a federal judge, no less, because she believes that homosexual relationships are unnatural. Her opportunity to pursue the career of her choice in a helping profession has now been shot to pieces. What about her, Glenn? If special rights are given to people just because they're sodomites, no person will be able to criticize homosexual behavior on biblical or moral grounds without running the risk of legal punishment. Trust me, that's where it's going. Now, I've done several teachings on hate crimes and how ultimately the hate crimes that literally are pretty much on the books right now will eventually have to ban the Bible. Because much of what the Bible says exposes homosexuality. And there's verse after verse after verse. Um, and you can just key in hate crimes on um, contendingfortruth.com you'll find it. You should find those. Uh, let's go further. Goodbye to freedom of speech. Goodbye to freedom of religion. You, Glenn, will have a, abide, aided and abetted those who are out to destroy the two inalienable rights of God has given to men. And you don't think that that's a threat to the country? We must choose between the homosexual agenda and religious liberty because it is impossible to have both. Every advance of the homosexual agenda comes at the expense of our first liberty, the very first right enshrined in the Bill of Rights, the right to freedom of religious expression. Because, see, the homosexuals, they will not tolerate true Bible, born-again Bible-believing Christianity because it doesn't tolerate them. So they're, they're going to have to find a way to get rid of it. They're going to have to find a way to criminalize it. He goes on to say, you, Glenn Beck, have chosen the side of suppression and tyranny over the right of liberty. You announced the formation of a new black-robed regiment to call the nation out of spiritual darkness. And yet, he is in total spiritual darkness, being a Mormon. Isn't that ironic? He himself is blind, and I said this before, but if the blind leadeth the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. Well, if you're letting Glenn Beck re lead you, you're going to fall into a ditch. He's already in the ditch. He's just going to pull you in there if you're not already in there already. At the Divine Destiny event, you rebuked the churches in America for having grown soft and rightly declared that they needed backbone and spine. Here we got a Mormon rebuking Christian churches for growing soft, and yet he's in a cult. Unbelievable. Now, I agree that they've grown soft, and I believe, and I do believe they need backbone and spine, but the last person on the planet that has any right to tell them that is a Mormon. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. And then in order to respond to the people who are begging for right and wrong, uh, and rightly declare that they need backbone and spine in order to respond to the people who are begging for right and wrong. But you just told Bill O'Reilly that losing our way on a fundamental issue of right and wrong, marriage and family, does not represent a threat to the country because we have, quote, bigger fish to fry. So we don't want to worry about all those sodomites that want same-sex marriage or any of that. It's not a threat. We've got bigger fish to fry. You know what? In the Bible, the two things that always brought God's most severest judgment were child sacrifice, child, and which is nothing more than abortion in today's day and age. They just do it in the womb instead of out in the open. And sodomy. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah, which is where we get the word Sodom from. Fire and brimstone on them. Um, so the two biggest things in the Bible that invoke God's judgment, but Glenn Beck's saying we have bigger fish to fry. 
Yeah, right. What exactly is the Black Robe Regiment going to say on human sexuality if you have disarmed them before they fire their first salvo? Well, again, if you're part of a Black Robe Regiment that um, is commissioned by Glenn Beck, I would seriously consider going AWOL on that one. Get out of it, you know, because you don't want him as your head. (laughs) Perhaps worse, you seem cavalier about the devastating impact homosexual marriage will have on children. Who will be adopted haphazardly into homes, either having two mommies or two daddies? I mean, that's, that's a sick scenario there. What an abomination. I wrote that part in. Anyway, I, already t- I went over the stuff on James Dobson. That's all we have for today. I'm sorry, I ran over on my third part here. Um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. Uh, Lord, I do pray regarding all these situations that we've covered to get today, Lord, that you would intervene in these situations, Lord, that we wouldn't just sit around and get mad about them, but we would actually be driven to prayer, fasting, whatever you would have us do. Um, If it's that we need to go to these certain sites to pray, whatever you would have us do, Lord, I just pray to God we'd be obedient to whatever you'd call upon us to do, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord, that your name would be glorified on earth as it is in heaven, that thy will would be done, Lord, that you would use us mightily in the day and times to come to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that your name would be glorified through the body of Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.